Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, welcome into this brand new week edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, and welcome in to another brand new edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And uh, we really appreciate all you loyal and dedicated listeners here of uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, my name is Alfie. Once again, filling in for a WB who's still uh, taking a little bit of time off. He, uh, The last update I have, I haven't had an opportunity uh, to catch up with him and see how he's doing from, but uh, from the last post he put on the Southern Race Week Facebook page as well as his Instagram page. Uh, it looked like he had his first procedure uh, to uh, work on his throat and his vocal areas, his vocal cords and all of that. So uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, another update for you next week on the program. Or if you check out our Facebook page, when he posts something to his Instagram page, it'll go to our Facebook page. And he's continuing to update us there uh, about his condition and how things are going. So uh, check out our Facebook page. If you don't like it, uh, go do that, and you'll be able to get those updates from William. That's at uh, facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. So go there and like the Facebook page, and you'll get a uh, post from him and what he has going on on his uh, Instagram page. And then also we do have the uh, Twitter feed as well. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And uh, don't forget that if you do follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page, uh, we always bring you racing news and information 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So check it out all out there. And also our email address, uh, getting a lot of emails from loyal listeners out there telling us how much they enjoy the program and asking about William and how he's doing in his condition. Uh, we're hearing from some race teams and some up and coming drivers. So uh, it's really great. So please, if you would like to uh, send us an email, you can do so anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at, uh, at uh, SRW radio at yahoo.com that is srw radio at uh, yahoo.com but we've got uh, another great episode of southern race week radio coming up for you and i mean uh, what a great uh, last weekend in racing uh, nhra was uh, exciting they were up in the uh, mile high city we had a uh, nascar going on in the new hampshire's motor speedway we had uh, the indycar series some uh, uh, great uh, uh, history was made in the indycar series uh, last weekend so so much going on in the world of racing another jam-packed uh, program for you this week on southern race week radio coming up in just moments speaking of the nhra which was at the mile high city uh last weekend racing out there to start that west coast swing we've got the winner that's right her first win for tony stewart racing in the top fuel division nhra driver leah pruitt coming off that big win Last week in Denver, she's going to break down that win for us here in uh, just a matter of moments. So keep it locked in. Also coming up for you later on, speaking about everything that's going on in the world of NASCAR. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about it more in racing news. But to give us more of the details of Chicago hosting a road course race for the Cup Series beginning next year, we're going to hear from the Performance Racing Network pit road reporter Brad Gilly. So Mr. Gilly will come on and talk about everything that's going on in NASCAR, including the silly season, which is in progress right now. And then we'll wrap up the program from the great state of Georgia, another successful up-and-coming driver winning three rounds in a row 
at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the uh, summer shootout from the great state of Georgia, as I mentioned, the one and only Jensen Jorgensen of Jorgensen Racing. He's going to join us to talk about uh, that win streak he's on right now, three in a row at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So a great program lined up for you. So just sit back, relax, get set to enjoy uh, this great broadcast of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hello, race fans. This is Rob Ramage at Texas Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We continue on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and I'm very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as she is a recent winner in the NHRA series, and she's joining us to talk all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in NHRA driver for Tony Stewart Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Leah Pruitt. Oh, Alfred, that, uh, that is all time. Thank you. And I'll never get old. I can uh, do that all day. <laughs> appreciate it, Miss Pruitt. Well, you know, I'm always available to, for functions, events. I can just follow you around with a big boom box, like a big 80s style boom box. We can put totally. an interest thing for you. And I can just intro you into all your press conferences and events. So uh, my people can get with your people and we can see if we can work <laughs> out a deal. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week here on Sunrise Week Radio, Miss Pruitt. You've had a world, you know, a, a great week. You're just a, a recent winner in the NHR series in Denver, Colorado. And this isn't your first win. You've won multiple times in the NHRA series. Watching your reaction, this one seemed to be more special than maybe some of the previous ones. What was it about this one that brought so much emotion out of you? Sure, no doubt. Um, I try and stay emotionless all day during racing in order to do the best job that I can. But I've been racing at Bandemir since I was, or I started at nine years old. And that's when there was just one national event, not like 22 we have now. As a kid, it was just the pinnacle of, of, of racetracks to get to, uh, to qualify for the one national event. So as a kid, like Bandemir just meant the absolute greatest, highest, best place to race. And I have won Bandemir before and got multiple wallies there. But this particular race this past weekend was extremely special because it's our new team. So for those that may not follow along with NHRA very much, Tony Stewart has two teams now in the NHRA, Matt Hagen and Funny Car and myself and Top Fuel. And it has been a long, rough haul, you would say, in the last eight months from starting from scratch, buying new parts, uh, employing people, getting wraps, getting partners on board, uh, an entire new team. Now, these aren't new individuals to racing by any regard, but it takes a little while for chemistry to start happening, understanding our parts, understanding our power band, understanding our tuning window. And this was our, I think it's the 11th race in the season, and we finally grasped our first win. And there are teams that race for years. I'm talking years, five, seven years, never get a race win. So for us, uh, you only get one first. And this was our first as a unit together. And that's, uh, that's what made it so special. And for me, for it to happen on the mountain, I couldn't have picked a better race for it to happen at. And it was the Dodge Mile High Nationals. And we were the Dodge Power Brokers Dragster. So, I mean, just talk about like, Christmas on 4th of July, like on your birthday, that's pretty much what it felt like. 
as you said, for people who don't know, this is your first year racing with Tony Stewart Racing. You guys got married as well, so you're you're a married couple. How is that dynamic when you're a married couple? You're you're kind of working together as a team. Are you able to turn it off when you get home and just relax, or is it constant talking about shop and racing? It's constant all the time, but that's who we were before we got together. So it's not like we ever have to turn anything off. Um, I've always wanted to be able to race out with, you know, with, with my husband next to me, one team, all team, same team. And so I really enjoy getting to do that. But I will say there was a really cool moment this past weekend. And for those that do follow Tony would know that he was uh, racing the second to last race of the SRX series. He won in Missouri and we're qualifying and we had, we had a pretty big decision to make internally between the crew chiefs and myself about which direction we wanted to go on our next run. It's not typically something you uh, talk to the team owner about. It's our job. It's our job. Make those calls, make the car go down. But it was a pretty big trajectory as to where do we want the next part of the Western swing to go? Can we, can and should we take this chance? And I called up Tony and I said, this is one of those unique moments, racer to racer, team owner to your teammates. Here's A, what we think we should do, but here's B, why we think we shouldn't. But on the other hand, and he's in the middle of like qualifying basically at his SRX race, gave us a little bit of logic. We digested it. We made our decision and we kept going. And that's one of the cool characteristics of having someone like Tony Stewart that goes, yeah, it might not be apples to apples with the racing that he does, but really putting it out all on the line or taking a reserved approach, that's something very familiar um, that he's that he's had before. Speaking with Top Fuel driver in the NHRA series, Leah Pruitt here on this week's edition of Sunday Race Week Radio. As you said, this is your first year with Tony Stewart racing. You've raced a long time with other people who did all these other jobs that you might get in a little bit more of your hands involved in. What was it like for the transition from being with Don Schumacher racing, you were there for a long time, and now the transition into, a, like you said, a new team, you're building from the bottom up. What was that transition like and how has it been for you to deal with some of the, maybe the new aspects of being with Tony Stewart Racing that you probably didn't have with Schumacher Racing? In the beginning, there was a lot of hands-on in regards to general management and trying to get partners on board. We didn't have a general manager and it was really just my crew chief, Neil Strasbaugh and I, that moved forward with the top field program. So we kind of take the first four months as a wash in regards to like I'm ordering pit mats or um, linings for this over there or cleaning the trucks and just all the, the, the small things that would have a job for someone somewhere else, but everything was hands-on. I would say one of the biggest differences between DSR and here at TSR is because we are a two car team and not an eight car entity and we don't have a machine shop and we don't have a performance parts division that our managers and our PR people and our, and our crew members have a little bit more honed in of a focus. Um, they're not as distracted by any parts of the entities. They have, they have their job to do and don't have to worry about, let's say, some politics of a different team or adhere to any type of performance direction. For instance, when Dickie Venables, who's Matt Hagen's crew chief, and Neil, my crew chief, came over, Tony said, you, could, you get to run the parts that you want to run. This is, I believe in you to be the best crew chief that there is to win championships. And if you think it's E3 spark plugs, then that's what we're going to run. If you think that it's CP Carrillo pistons, then that's what we're going to run. And that's, that's a big difference than 
as a tuner that is operating under a big umbrella where you have to run certain parts that you may not believe in all the way. And I don't want to, we're not like the stepchild by any means, but we're a little bit of the outlaw in regards to the way that we operate our program. And it has everything to do with the faith and believing in the crew chiefs for what they want to run. And that when you give somebody a little bit of freedom, that's when they get to flourish. And that's what people have been able to see with TSR this year. Now your husband is extremely busy, man. You know, he's, he's doing the SRX series. He's with you guys. He's in the middle of the NASCAR season right now. And I saw you at the race in March. You were at the Atlanta Motor Speedway race in March with Tony. What's that experience like when you're able to see your husband and, and the element that he's more comfortable in NASCAR? Obviously, he's not an NHRA driver, but what's it like when you see him doing stuff in the NASCAR Cup Series, running his team and doing what he does there? I absolutely love it uh, because he enjoys going to those races and being with his crew members and those teams and talking to those drivers. You know, I'll share something we're on the top of the of, uh, Eric Amarillo's pit box and Tony's trying to mouth something to me. We're both wearing radios, but I'm like, take off the radio and talk, you know, talk to me. It never occurred to me. It, even now, you know, we might, it might be a loud room and he'll just mouth something. He won't say anything. Well, his whole life, he's been reading lips because it's extremely loud being on those pit boxes and road course racing and all that all the time. Well, that's become part of his character is just mouthing words and reading lips where me, I mean, in drag racing, okay, now you can talk. <laughs> so it, it, it was exactly at that race that I had noticed that, but I was really impressed with, I mean, when you guys see him down on the ground, checking those tires and like TV happens to catch him, that's not for TV. I mean, he is the tire guru uh, among, among all types of forms of racing and he understands what he's looking at and hearing the drivers. I would say the third thing that I loved about that race was uh, Chase Briscoe, the way that he has such a calm demeanor in the car and he was having a pretty good, but tough race and him chatting back and forth, man, I'm like up on the wheel. I'm all high energy in my car. And when I got to hear another race car driver talking, at such a collective pace with his team that essentially is my teammate, SHR's teammates with TSR, I took a little bit of note of that. And it, I just tried to be as much of a sponge as I could be at that race, and I was impressed all the way around. Well, Ms. Pruitt, if our listeners want to keep up with your career, keep up with your progress this season and follow along with what's going on, because you do, as I mentioned, so many things, uh, where can they go to keep up with you and follow along with what's going on? Absolutely. I'm really active on Instagram. That would be at leah.pruitt, L-E-A-H dot P-R-U-E-T-T. And from the racing aspect, at Dodge Mopar Motorsports on Instagram. And really that's about where I have everything. Uh, well, I have a Facebook page that's Leah Pruitt and I just kind of condense not only the results, but if we're out surfing, uh, checking out the super boats. I got a new puppy this week. You'll see that up on Instagram. Tony's doing a great job being a puppy dad. So now we got three dogs. Three and a half. But yeah, I keep it pretty simple. Man, if you guys are on Instagram, you'll find me. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we're getting closer and closer 
to the regular season finale in the NASCAR Cup Series at Daytona. It's hard to believe that we have uh, six races remaining before we kick off the playoffs and a lot of jockeying position for playoff positions as we get set for the regular season finale. And to break down all the latest going on in NASCAR news, let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in one of the pit reporters you hear during the coverage of NASCAR through the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Brad Gilly. Mr. Gilly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. You're a great friend of the show. We always appreciate it when you take time uh, to join us, sir. Hopefully you're having yourself a great day today, my friend. It is a great day. Thank you, Alfred. So it's great talking to you. Uh, likewise here, sir. And you were part of the PRN crew that was out at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway this past weekend. A lot of great racing going on there, but it definitely shaked up the playoff picture here a little bit as uh, we had a first-time winner on the season, Christopher Bell, who won the race at New Hampshire, and with that, now guarantees himself a position in the playoffs. But now we're getting to the last couple of races here of the regular season, and now that only leaves two spots inside the top 16 for the playoffs. Uh, Ryan Blaney, Martin Tricks Jr. holding on to that 15 and 16 position, and then you got Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon all outside looking in so this is going to be pretty remarkable brad and usually we've had one driver who has six seven wins on the season everything seems pretty spread out amongst those top 14 drivers who do have a win on the season do you credit the new car the way that the wins have kind of flustered for some of these drivers and not having one driver pretty much dominate the entire season yeah, I do, actually. I mean, because you consider uh, among those 14 different winners that we've had so far, Austin Sindrick, who won the Daytona 500, Chase Briscoe, who won at Phoenix, Ross Chastain, who won at Circuit of the Americas for his first win this year, Daniel Suarez, who won at Sonoma Raceway, and then Tyler Reddick, who won at Road America. Among those 14 winners, five of them are first-time career winners this year. And that's actually spread out amongst four different teams when you look at those five different drivers. And uh, to me, that's probably the more fascinating thing is that we've had so many first-time winners, not a, not a record for the Cup Series. In fact, even here within the last 20 years, we've had seasons where we've had five first-time winners. But I do think just um, you know the, the spread in performance that we've seen this year has just about everything to do with the next-gen car. Do you think it be might be possible – that we might have more than 16 drivers with wins getting into the playoffs with these last um, few races we have left in the schedule? What What are your thoughts on this? Well, it, possible? Mathematically, yes. Likely, no. I've never been one to, uh, to think that we would get more than 16 winners, in which case then someone who won a race would actually not even make the playoffs. I've just never thought that would happen, although – you know, with six races to go, if we have more than 16, that would take a, a new for the season winner in every other race uh, of, among what we have coming up. And really, we have a pretty good variety of racetracks coming up. You know, Pocono, which is a, a two and a half mile triangular shaped oval. We have Indianapolis, which will be run on the road course. We've got a two mile track at Michigan, three quarter mile track at Richmond, another road course at Watkins Glen and Daytona. So the schedule is pretty mixed up and it could actually favor it. But I always have to ask myself, Myself, okay, if we were going to get three winners, who would they be? Well, you know, Ryan Blaney, while he might be the number 14 seed right now, he's third in points. And Martin Truex Jr. might be, you know, the, the 16th seed or whatever it is. He's, he's uh, fourth in points. And Kevin Harvick is sitting ninth in the standings right now. 
Every single one of those drivers uh, drivers have proven themselves to not only be winners, but multi-time winners typically in a race season. But there are no guarantees, you know. Um, Kevin Harvick's really not leading that many laps right now. Uh, Ryan Blaney has been probably a great top three car, but haven't always had race-winning cars. I think Truex had some opportunities that have slipped through their fingers, but, you know, who will those winners be if you were going to get that many? And I don't know that I could come up with that many right now. Speaking with Brad Gilley of the Performance Racing Network, you can also hear him on Sirius XM NASCAR uh, Channel 90 as well. And uh, Mr. Gilley, the silly season for NASCAR has already kicked off. We got a lot going on. Ty Dillon will not be returning next year. Still kind of things up in the air with, with Kyle Busch and that whole situation with Joe Gibbs Racing. What are you hearing so far about that whole situation? Yeah, you know, there's actually been a lot here in the last few days as well. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs talked about it again after Christopher Bell's win on Sunday at New Hampshire. And they obviously want to keep Kyle, but to be able to do that, to be able to do a deal with Kyle, they need to know exactly how much money that they are going to have coming in. And taking M&Ms and Mars brand, who goes beyond M&Ms, the Snickers car would be part of that sponsorship. The Pedigree dog food car would be part of that sponsorship. They've been paying a lot of money. You know, they've been getting uh, at Joe Gibbs Racing a huge premium from M&Ms Mars. And to replace that, is a really hard thing to do, and they're likely not going to replace it with one particular company. Joe Gibbs has said that they've been close with people, and maybe a deal or two has fallen through, um, and, and and that's understandable, especially considering you know some uh, economy uncertainty right now. I don't know if it helps, though, also that, look, if, if you are going to put your investment as a sponsor into Kyle Busch, the driver, and his talent and accomplishments, you know, he should command some of the highest sponsorship and highest salary of anybody out there. Um, but you're also putting your brand on Kyle Bush, the person. And I don't know that he's done a whole lot here, uh, especially over the last couple of years to make that necessarily an appealing prospect. So if you're losing one of the highest paying sponsors and trying to replace it with that, because Kyle doesn't want to take a pay cut, uh, that becomes really hard to do. Now, Toyota and TRD, Toyota Racing Development, they've also said, the president of TRD, David Wilson, uh, as recent as a couple of days ago, that, you know what, hey, we're committed to Kyle as well. We want him back, and whatever we have to do to help get it there, we will do. So it sounds like they might even be willing to invest a little bit in that as well to maybe make up some of the difference if needed. But you never know. Kyle did say he had conversations with other teams, but if Joe Gibbs can't find a sponsorship for him, then who can? Good point right there. And also the big news uh, coming out of NASCAR for the first time ever, next year we're going to do a street race on the streets of Chicago. This is something that uh, has never been done before. And I know NASCAR is trying to do things a little bit different, kind of thinking out of the box a little bit, trying to generate attention to the Cup Series. I mean, they did that earlier in the season with the the clash at the LA Coliseum, which we'll do again next year as well, going to different tracks, different parts of the country. Uh, what are your thoughts on NASCAR heading to Chicago and running on, on the streets of there? I'm pretty excited about this, actually. And initially I wasn't just because my thoughts are, okay, um, is it going to be a good race? And and I was just sort of thinking more one-sided in that. I figure it would be a good event, but is it going to be a good race? And after seeing the announcement, after seeing the race course, and not even from an aerial view, but some of the iRacing simulations that have been put out there on social media, um, I think it has the potential to be a really good race because it looks like it's going to be a wide street circuit with some good passing zones, a little bit of elevation changes, but beautiful scenery as well. I think that's going to be a really neat thing uh, right there in Chicago and Grant Park with, you know, right next to downtown. Um, but I do think from an event perspective, it sounds like the city is behind it. And I think the biggest thing to be learned here is that 
when you get the city behind it, they're going to help make it a big deal. You know, if the Super Bowl is in town, if the World Series was in town, as you very well know, in Atlanta, the city gets behind something like that. Typically, when you go to a race or you go to your average sporting event, it's just a localized deal. But when you have something big like that that the city is invested in, it becomes an even bigger deal. And I think this is going to come off as uh, as just a huge event next year and one that's going to be really good for the popularity of the sport. And I know that IndyCar and NASCAR are going to be working together in a couple of weeks when they run the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, could you see maybe sometime down the road in a few years, maybe NASCAR and IndyCar hooking up together on a road course race somewhere? I think it's possible. Um, you know, I, I think you have to ask, okay, you know, why? What, you know, why would they do that? Who does it benefit? How does it work? Maybe, heck, and splitting the cost and something like that would be good in and of itself. And I think that would be a really neat thing, especially on a street course. What Roger Penske has shown us um, over there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway is that you can have companion weekends. And IndyCar has run with NASCAR for decades now, but they've been truck series companion weekends typically, um, not a NASCAR Cup weekend like what we have at Indianapolis. Motor Speedway. I would love to see it, and I think it would be really neat to make it work. Uh, Mr. Gilly, if our listeners want to follow you on social media and keep up with what's going on, where can they go to uh, keep up with you? Yeah, it's just at Brad Gilly, G-I-L-L-I-E, and uh, always encourage people to go to at PRN Live uh, for everything that we do at the Performance Racing Network. Hey, it's Ron Capps, driver of the Nap Auto Parts Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie, continuing on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we are very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline. And speaking of being hot, this guy is in fuego right now at the Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Cookout Summer Shootout as he's won three rounds in a row. Very, very impressive. And to break it down for us right now, let's welcome in our special guest, short track driver, from the great state of Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Jensen Jorgensen. <laughs> Mr. Jorgensen, well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Absolutely. That was a big welcome there. Hey. <laughs> I uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. We just got back home from... A very successful day at Charlotte. So, yeah, I uh, I appreciate the phone call. Oh, no, we appreciate you having you on because you are making some big news there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, as you mentioned. You've won three of the rounds in a row, which is rounds uh, five, six, and seven. And that is very impressive to do that, not only in any track. That's pretty impressive. So tell us about this, Jensen. Tell us about your number 32 machine and how it handled at a Charlotte Motor Speedway during the, the summer shootout, man, that you've been so successful so far. Oh, yes. Uh, just showing up on week five, uh, I really didn't know ex what to expect with the speed uh, difference and all that compared to all my competitors. You know, they've been they've been able to be testing there the first four weeks, and, you know, of course, it's the pro class. So it's, you know, the best of the best in, in the sport. So, um, yeah, I really didn't know what to expect going in there, and right out of the gate we were fast. I've gotten um, – a lot of help from uh, Mark Narsted uh, on some on some technology and so, some setup help uh, up there that has helped, you know, tremendously. He's you know he's one of the best in the sport as well when it comes to to setup stuff. And of course, I have you know Doug Stevens on my chassis work and the rear and housing work and the brake brake plumbing work. So you know I know I had a good piece under me to go up there and be able to compete. But the uh, success that I've had just going up there mid season and unloading the car and then 
not really knowing exactly what we had is, is quite surprising. But, um, of course, we'll take it. You know, uh, I think it's – honestly, I was really reflecting on it uh, this morning, and I think it's one of the better cars that I've had at any racetrack in a very long time. So that's very comforting, you know, for the rest of the season and also going to different tracks and stuff, knowing that, you know, the car's there. Uh, it's a matter of getting a good balance under it. And, uh, of course, drivers got to do some work here and there too. So, But uh, very comforting, and the success is quite a, a breath of fresh air, uh going off the kind of the rest of the seasons not having as much success as i've wanted so uh you know you can kind of like it's kind of like the sport of baseball when you get hot you get hot so the uh the mojo's high and uh i'm ready to, i'm already ready to go back next week <laughs> so as you mentioned you just kind of rolled off of here you didn't have practice didn't have an opportunity to race with some of these guys because as you said you've they've already had a few races under their belt by the time you arrived and, and started racing. And as you said, you, 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 normally you race during Thursday Thunder, Atlanta Motor Speedway. We talked a little bit before we went on the air that you had struggled a little bit this season, and then you go to Charlotte and you win three races in a row. It just shows you just how crazy the sport is in the sense that you you know didn't have a lot of success that you wanted to at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, but yet here you are in Charlotte Motor Speedway. You roll off and you win yourself three races uh, in a row. I mean, that, that must be crazy for you to kind of process. But as you said, it's sometimes you just get hot and then you just, that's just the way it is. But tell me about some of the other drivers out there that you race with. And, and and I'm sure you've raced with some of these people before and some of these ladies and guys out there racing with you. What's it like racing between Charlotte and Atlanta? Do you see much of a difference between the two tracks when you're out there racing? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the competitors go from track to track. A lot of, you know, a lot of these people do it. Uh, seems like it's a full-time job. Um and it is kind of a full-time job, but we don't do it that way. We uh, we kind of do it for a hobby, but we're very competitive at it. Uh, but, yeah, the competitors kind of go back and forth. You know, Atlanta, I had some, some kids down there, some guys uh, beat me down in Atlanta that I'm beating up at Charlotte. You know, they're, they're Charlotte guys going down to my home track beating me, and I'm coming up to their home track and beating them. So, you know, I've joked around with some of my competitors that, you know, how ironic and funny that is. Um, but, yeah, up at Charlotte, you know, it's been known as the – you know, the pinnacle of, of motorsports up there. It's, uh, you know, the, the best drivers, the biggest car counts, the, you know, the biggest teams, everybody's here, uh, competitively up there and, you know, the heart of racing in Charlotte. Uh, so I know the pro class is tough up here. Obviously you've got, I'll, I'll wrap off some competitors. You've got Jordan Black. That's a three-time champion up in Charlotte. Um, you know, you get, you've got all these guys that are, uh, you know, hungry for wins. You got some of the national points leaders racing up here, and and people racing all over the country. You know, are racing Charlotte. So we just came up mid season and we're winning races. It's, it's really kind of crazy to even think about that we're even having as much success as, as we are. Um, and you know, hit, beating all these people uh, that have all these accolades and and you know have raced here for years and years and years, and we're beating them is, you know, it's crazy. Um, but the tracks themselves, they're they're totally different. So it, it does kind of make sense. Atlanta's, you know, short straightaways, a little bit wider turns. You got to slow the car down more. Um, you know, Charlotte, you got long straightaways and you're carrying a lot more corner speed than you are Atlanta. So, you know, even though they're both flat quarter miles, they're polar opposites when it comes to, uh, you know, setup on the car and uh, just the ability to get around them. And, and as a driver, you know, you've got to you've got to eliminate some driving habits out of your head from track to track because, you know, they're, they're totally different. Jason Jorgensen here, local boy done good from the great state of Georgia, going up to Charlotte Motor Speedway and winning him three races in a row during the uh, cookout summer shootout series at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Mr. Jorgensen, if our listeners want to follow your progress because you still got a few more races in the summer shootout series, uh, where can our listeners go to to keep up with your schedule, racing schedule, and also keep up with what's going on in your, in your racing? 
Yes, sir. I'm just, um, I'm basically just at Jensen Jorgensen on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's where I post most of my stuff, and I post a lot of uh, my daily life on there as well. So, yeah, don't feel, feel free to follow and cheer me on. This is Alan Kavana. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the program this week. And if you enjoyed it, why not? listen to it all over again well you'll have the opportunity if you want to hear this episode of southern race week radio again you'll be able to do so this upcoming monday and you can also check out any of the previous episodes of southern race week radio there available on your favorite podcast location whether it's iHeartRadio, itunes spotify or soundcloud you can go to any one of those podcast locations search for southern race week and listen to this uh, this past week's episode of southern race week as well as a plethora of previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. So once again, that'll be up for you on Monday, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, once again, I want to thank our great guest for joining us this week, Leah Pruitt, driver for Tony Stewart Racing, discussing her first win in the top fuel division here in 2022, and the first one for Tony Stewart Racing in that division. Also, Brad Gilly of the Performance Racing Network, and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90, and then also short track driver from the great state of Georgia, Jensen Jorgensen of Jorgensen Racing. We appreciate those great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Now, next week, we're going to have another jam-packed episode. Ty Dillon, that's right, Ty Dillon will be joining us on the program next week, and hopefully we're crossing our fingers. We're trying to make it work. Also get on the program, Brandon Hutchinson of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, a new sponsor taking over the sponsorship of the March race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So uh, hopefully we can get him on the program the next, uh, next week to talk about that new sponsor that will be joining the Atlanta Motor Speedway family. But uh, anyway, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.